did you watch it? And now the conclusion of why did you watch? The phone rings. It's Michael. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> it's the person from Black Christmas. Do you know who it is? It sounds exactly like the, the Jawas from Phantasm. It's um. this like... Noise. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. Turns out it was actually... So she's a bit like... Oh, weird. And hangs up. And then it rings again. She answers it. And it's Annie with brown hair. Who's, who's like, why'd you hang up on me? And she goes, I thought it was a creepy phone call. And she went, no, I was eating an apple. Or whatever. Nice. I like that. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm just phoning to sell, pick you up. It's, why would you phone someone with a big mouth full of food? That's bad planning. Which is evident. Bad Annie. Annie. Bad Annie. Annie is not like the brightest, it turns out. Yes, yeah, the sharpest knife in the drawer. Well, I mean, she's just not very organised. The sharpest that? knife in the drawer. Oh. Too soon? <laughs> oh, poor Annie. Too early. Does she get stabbed? I don't know that she gets stabbed. Annie, are you okay? I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> I just choked on a bit of apple, but other than that, you I'm okay, fine. Annie? Yeah. She's going to pick her up at 6.30 to babysit at 7. Okay. Cool. And yes. Laurie's very rattled by all this, and she sort of lies on her bed and looks a bit glum, because that's her, that's her bag. So it's 6.30, and she's heading out. She is a vision in Navy. She's got blue jeans, a blue shirt, a navy tank top, a v-neck top over the top of it. And she's got... And an HMS victory hat. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, she's got a, a big old bag of knitting. She's in for a fun night. <laughs> and a At pumpkin. she's carrying some, like, long, sharp implements. Yeah. Uh, I think this is why women have taken to knitting in public transport. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's like self-defense classes. Absolutely. It's, like, it's not deliberately weapon. It was an improvised device, which I, I used just, to defend myself. I was just minding my own business, knitting on the bus with so my tungsten knitting needles. I heard, I'm not going to mention who this was, that... Um, Back in the day, they used to carry a comb around, but the combs used yes. to have a very long spike on the back. I used to have one of those. Yeah, my mum, my mum, yeah, yeah, my mum gave yeah. me one of those. It's the point of the pointy bit is to like run along your scalp. I am aware of what it's supposed to be. Useful, yes, exactly. It, other uses are available. <laughs> yeah, just stab people with that. Yeah. yeah, I heard of somebody. She got trailed into the van, mm. and she stabbed the driver in the back of the neck with one of those combs. And got away. Yeah, he probably died. Good. Good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so did the other people in the van, because he probably wasn't able to drive it effectively after that. Mm. And but who cares? Yeah. Occupational hazard if you're going to go around abducting people. True. Yes. Expect to be stabbed with a comb or a knitting needle, or in my case, a crochet hook, because I can't knit, and that will hurt more because they're not sharp. That's like using a spoon instead of a knife. In Get the you. words of Alan Rickman, a spoon will hurt more, you twit. Yeah. That's a good line, that. Where am I? She's got a pumpkin. One of the precious pumpkins. Okay. Yeah. And she's smiling and looking at the trick-or-treaters running around the neighbourhood. Ah, it's all very nice. Her friend picks her up and gives her a joint. And they smoke the joint on the way to the babysitting thing. Ah. Okay. Idyllic suburbs. It's the 70s, everybody smoked pot. It's not as shocking. Even in poltergeist, like the parents put the kids to bed and then went upstairs and smoked pot. Okay. It's just what you did in the 70s, apparently. Well, you know, there are fewer channels back then. Absolutely. 
You have to make your own entertainment. Mm-hmm. Knitting while high. Woo! Her jumper must have been. psychedelic colours and then it turns out it's all just pink. It's all navy. Oh. That's why she's got so much navy clothes. Because she keeps yeah. smoking when she's high. Yeah. Loomis, Dr. Loomis, uh, meets the graveyard attendant at the graveyard in Hayden Field. When you say he's a graveyard attendant. Yes. Is he just like super serious about attending a yard? He's or a graveyard he... attendant. <laughs> or is he no, the attendant he was, of a graveyard? He was fairly folksy. He wasn't grave. But he was walking along with Loomis and they were complaining about like, oh, I don't know what the world's coming to. You know, it really shook Haddonfield when that murder happened, when Judith Myers was murdered. You know, it took years for the town to get over it. And kids these days. And then he starts telling a story about some guy who like finished his dinner and got up from the table, went into the kitchen and got a hacksaw and then came back to his wife and kids. And and then Loomis interrupted him because he didn't want to hear the rest of the story because it sounded he like... He probably it was... just like made sure that the table was level. I'm sure that's what he did. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's a strange story to tell given the context, but hopefully that's yes. what was going on. go with that. Anyway, he's like, it, Loomis is trying to think, where would Michael Myers go? So the first place he goes is to his sister's grave. Not Loomis's grave. Michael Myers' grave. Yeah, 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 grave. I get it, I get it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they go along, they get to Judith Myers' grave, and guess what? Um, there's some flowers there? <laughs> no. There's nothing there. Someone has stolen the headstone. And that's going to be heavy. Yeah, well, not, not to Michael. He's a big boy. The graveyard attendant goes, Damn kids! Why do they do these things? And I suspect the graveyard attendant just had no clue where the grave was. He just, yeah, he's like, It's uh, uh, here. 67B. Yeah, that's, that's what we're looking at. Wait a second, that adds up to 69. And Loomis. Is that subconscious? Probably. And Loomis looks at the hole where the gravestone was. He looms over it. Yeah. He does loom over it and he very gravely says... Nice. He's he doesn't say that. He, does, <laughs> he doesn't say nice. <laughs> yeah. That would be appalling. No, he looks at it and he, he looks all like dramatic and he says, he's come home. To a graveyard. I know, I wondered about that too. Uh, pretty just means I think he town. just means Haddonfield just means or Haddonfield yeah. or whatever, yeah. So they're driving along, they're listening to Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper. It's the 70s. That's clever. Mm, right? They should. They should fear him. And they're smoking their, their doobie. And Laurie's a bit of a doobie newbie. I thought you were talking about the graveyard attendant at Loomis. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like... Sorry, Laurie. Well, it sounds like a kind of thing a graveyard. Well, you'd need to, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, these two need to fear the Reaper because they're teenage well, they girls and there's a killer on the loose. It's Laurie and yes. Annie with the brown hair. And they're driving along, smoking a doobie doobie. Uh, doobie. Are we going to come across an Annie with a different colour hair at some point? No, the other one is Linda with the blonde hair. Fine. But, yeah. okay. And Laurie, full stop. Yes. And they're driving along and they're having a lovely time. And then Annie goes, my dad! Because he's the he's sheriff. The sheriff. And they're about to drive up next to him on the footpath. While smoking a joint. While smoking a joint. Yeah. Oops. Also, and I never noticed this before, they're being followed by Michael. He is in the car behind them. At least he's not in the car. Well, no. 
not yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's a, there's an alarm ringing, ding, 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 and they pull up to on the to the side of the road, and the dad's on the footpath, and they're like, "Hey, dad, what's going on here?" Well, one of them is like, "Hey, dad." Yes, Annie's like, yes. "What's going on here?" And he says, "Oh, there's been a robbery of this hardware store. A Some bunch of knives have gone missing." Yes, someone has stolen a mask and some rope and a few knives. Um, in a hardware store. I know. Why are there knives in a hardware store? I don't know. Maybe it's not a hardware store. Maybe it's like a local store, a dry goods store. Or maybe it's just one of those hardware stores that just sells everything. We had one of those in the Duct tape, tarpaulins, oh. rope. <laughs> I, really, I really hope that gets flagged when people buy that sort of stuff in one sitting. Well, there's, there's that um, XKCD one where the guy sets up a, like a, an automated Amazon buying account and it like buys like a tarpaulin, some like... Um, rubber tubing, yeah. um, a ball gag, and then a map of the FBI building. It's like, oh, this is a I'm really unlucky combination. Get on every watch <laughs> I want to yeah. fly the train. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, there was a shop like that. I can't remember what it was called. So where did he learn how to do like breaking and entering? Would you just smash a window? He and just go in? smashed a window and went in. The alarm was going off. Just use his hand. It's not like he. Yeah, he's he's a big boy. He's a big un. Okay. It's not like he Tom Cruise Mission Impossible like Ariel slid in on ropes so as to not set the alarm off oh. so he could steal a fucking shit. Uh, Michael Shatner mask. Michael Shatner. William Shatner mask. A Moist. knife and some rope. And also some halloumi. Strange. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> well, I wish he'd stolen halloumi. Wait till you hear. Because it's very hard to stab someone with halloumi unless you freeze it first. Uh, no. No, no, no. It's way worse than that. You're not going to like this. Oh, no. He's not going to get some gruyere, is he? <laughs> 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 Ugh, not oh, gruyere. <laughs> sure. Carry on. Okay, sorry. And, <clears throat> and, the, and the cop says, damn kids. <laughs> A lot of that going around. What are yes. the kids like in this town if they're vandalising people's graves and robbing hardware stores and stealing dubious items? Like, yes. Weird. As they drive off, though, Dr. Loomis appears. <gasps> the sheriff's like, oof, busy day. And Dr. Loomis shuffles over and he's like, hello, you're the sheriff, I must talk to you. And he says, well, I'm in the middle of something. Uh, I'll talk to you in a minute. Yeah. And Loomis is like, I'll be right here. And while he's out on the footpath waiting for the sheriff to come out... He gets killed. Michael Myers just drives right past him <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah. That's Dr. Lewis. Just waving like the Queen. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> With Hello. a knife in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> and the rope in the other, like... Oh, lasso. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Nice. Hi, Dr. Lewis. Yeah. I'm having a lovely time. Yeah. Flips it. Like, turn around. <laughs> yeah. So... Back to Laurie and Annie with the brown hair. Mm. They're chatting about... God, where's he filling up on petrol as well? Where's he getting the money? I don't think he's needed to fill up on petrol. If he's driving past slowly everywhere, he's going to be burning through fuel like crazy. He only needs the car To now. creepily drive past people and then he parks it up. Yes. Okay. He, ha- he has driven from Arkham Asylum to Haydenfield. I don't know how far that is. But then all he does is... Drives. Also, if he's been locked up there, where did he get a map? How does he know? How does he know? How, how did he know how to get home? Just yeah. street signs? 
Did he, is he like a cat? Can he just smell his way home? I don't know. <laughs> I really got you with that one. Well, I was going to say, maybe there's like a sriracha factory in the background that we are unaware of. I Maybe. Maybe it's one of those things where there's like sriracha a cupcake factory. Oh, I love sriracha. I just wish I could pronounce it. I thought you were going to say I love Cleopatra. And I was like, coming at you. <laughs> nice. Fair enough. Turns out, yeah. They should totally like sponsor Sriracha. Coming at you. Yeah, they should cover oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, like the emissions of the Sriracha factory had to be like attenuated because people who were downwind would like just get like pepper spray symptoms. Oh no. Yeah, everyone's got red puffy eyes. Yeah. What's this happening? Yeah. <laughs> Well, get this, yeah. Mm. Don't tell anyone, but Laurie fancies Ben Tramer. Who's Ben Tramer? There's not much point in getting to know Ben Tramer because he He dies horribly in the second film. In the second film? In the second film, he gets hit by a car and set on fire. (laughs) Because he's wearing a very similar... A shell suit. Uh, and no. by shell, I mean the petrol company. Oh, uh, might as well have been. Yes. He's wearing something very similar to Michael Myers. And oh, and he was like, you can't turn up to the party looking like that because we look the same, so I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> oh my God, so embarrassing. No, a mob sees him and they're like, oh my God, it's Michael Myers. And oh, one of them shit. drives their car, hits him, pins him against a van, like bash, and then he goes on fire. Can't remember why he goes on fire. Maybe he... the front of the car like leaks petrol over yeah, it. Yes, uh-huh. and then he just... and then the spark plugs just go and yeah, yeah, and he just sets on fire. So oh, while they that's spend a terrible way to go, it's awful. So poor Laurie. It's like... But he was smoking hot. He he was yeah. He was flipping unrecognizable though, which is how they. That's why they thought they'd killed Michael. And I, remember watching, I, I remember watching a thing where someone just confused someone with someone else. They thought, oh, that's the serial killer because he's going around just like that to scare other people. Yeah. And then yeah. gets killed. Like that guy who's like, hey, there's that whole thing with like um, clowns scaring people yes. and then gets stabbed by his friend because yeah. he jump scares his friend and his friend just had a knife on him. Yeah. <laughs> or he was knitting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, or that guy that pops out of the bin and that guy just levels oh, him. <laughs> clock, yeah, clocks him one. Yeah, because you would. You would hit first and then take names and yeah. numbers after, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to, like, take the time to assess the situation if someone just pops out of a bin at you. So there's much teasing going on in the car. You like Ben Trevor, oh God, oh, all this sort of shit. This is all the stuff that... Um, Deborah Hill wrote. Right. John Carpenter didn't write. Sorry, it. for some reason I just went to like one of the dragons in Dragons Den. Deborah Mead. And <laughs> I was like, what's she doing? <laughs> oh, okay. there's many strings to her bow. And Michael's still in hot pursuit. He's behind them. It was sort of a, a, a late evening, I guess, mm. when they took off. It was like daylight. And now it's dark. He's totally going to run out of petrol. So the sun went... But they only had half an hour because they were babysitting at seven. Well, it is winter because it's Halloween. Well, it's It does change very quickly. Yeah, it just changed. It was quite remarkable. I've written here. It's quite a drive. You you wrote remarkable and you're remarkable. (laughs) No, I wrote that's quite a drive on my remarkable. Okay. This podcast sponsored by remarkable. Well, again. Ooh. (laughs) Um... People do drive insane distances in the States to do mediocre things. Yeah. 
But like, they, they had half twice an hour like driving for two hours. Yeah. To go somewhere and have a bite to eat for half an hour and then drive home. That's crazy. Well, maybe not half an hour, but I'm exaggerating. But it is pretty odd from a European perspective. Of course, but we know for a fact that it took them half an hour. Okay. Because maths. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Michael watches the babysitters take position in their assigned houses, you know, and he gets out and sort of hides behind a tree. And we're watching him watch Annie. Okay. Annie, are you okay? As she goes to the house and she's like, hi, I'm here. And then he watches the adults leave. <gasps> okay. And now Annie's all on her own in that house with the child who she's babysitting whose name is Lindsay. She just, she, yeah, it's a very annoying thing that's going to happen. Okay. Um, meanwhile, the sheriff and Dr. Loomis go to Michael Myers' house, like you said. Yes. Yeah, which has been empty since 1963, apparently. Okay. Because everyone thinks it's haunted. And Dr. Loomis says very ominously, they may be right. Mm -hmm. Wow, he's just not a scientist, is he? No, he's he's been very badly affected by this this job. They go in, and I'm sorry to say, David, they find a dead dog. But we don't see the dead dog. Was it dying? Uh, well, old age. The sheriff said, "Oh, look at that! There's a there's a dog. It's dead." And uh, so that's how we know it's there. But and then he says, "It's still warm," and. Dr. Loomis says he got hungry. The dog? No. What did he eat? No. Oh. Michael ate part of the dog. Mm -hmm. Was it a chow? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> no, it was a... It was a, a little snack. It was a, a sausage dog. <laughs> oh. Oh, poor wee dog. What was the dog doing in there? I think it was... I think he found a dog, killed it, took it back to his house, ate some of it, left the remainder it? on the floor. I don't know. It's raw. Mm, raw dog. <laughs> Shouldn't be funny, but it is. Well, it's oh, it's not very nice. Pruey dog. Well, it isn't. It's not been cooked. And the, no, and the sheriff says, ah, oh, it's probably a raccoon. Ah, raccoons! I didn't know raccoons kill dogs. They don't. They no. might eat a dead one though. Well, maybe the dog died and the raccoon ate. <laughs> choked on a raccoon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the raccoon got stuck in his throat yeah, yeah that's what happened Oh, and uh, the sheriff says there's probably a raccoon a man wouldn't do this and Loomis says this isn't a man it's okay. a woman <laughs> no 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 it's not it's, uh, it's, it's Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> yeah fine yeah so he's dehumanising Michael again which you know, he's not a very good psychiatrist, is he? He should be trying to yeah, work out why. Is... Well, really? he did early really? on. Early on, he did say he said I spent six years trying to treat him, and then the next seven years trying to make sure he never gets out. Yeah. Do you think he like did something to like offend said doctor? No. Know, like taking a chunk out of a cat. Well, maybe. He's like, nope, this guy's completely but unsuitable to fit back into society. Absolutely, but there's a lot of people... So how is he super strong? Is there like a massive gym in this insane asylum? I guess so. Why isn't he like 
just it's the seventies. He's gonna be up to his eyeballs on like suppressive meds. Hmm. So I see like left and learning to drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suppose again, it would be a very short film if he just drove it into a statue and died. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm free. Yeah. Oh. Like that guy in uh, James Bond. I am invincible. I am invincible. Yeah. yeah, that didn't that didn't go well. They go up to Judith's room, Judith Meyer's room, and Loomis is like, "Yes, he goes, this is where it happened." Well, that's not what he said. He said yeah. it happened here. Oh come on! Yeah, it's like the fuck. And he's standing there. He's talking about all this stuff. Like he he would have seen if he was on the lawn down there because they're next to a window. If, if, if he was down there on the lawn he could have seen her he could have seen up to this window and then the next thing the window smashes because the gutter falls off and oh. smashes in the window and oh. Loomis jumps 90 foot and pulls out a gun and Damn, the sheriff is the him. sheriff's like <coughs> license for that he did I do for this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly he's got tech nine in the other pocket he yeah. sort of looks around at the cop and he's like oh uh, I have a permit for this and shows him the permit and then the cops like oh, this is an official cheese license. Yeah, mm, this ha- this is a cheese license with yeah. the word cheese scored out and the word gun written in yeah. a crayon. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Who's in the insane asylum now? Mm. Well, yeah, and and the cop says he goes, "You must think I'm a very strange doctor or something like that." Like, in America, no. <laughs> and the cop says, "Well, you you seem plain scared." And yes. No, I was expecting Loomis to be like, I'm not scared, I'm not scared, you know, but he went, yes, yes, I am. It's completely matter of factly, like, yes, yes, I am. And he goes, all right, so this is like a speech that he gives, I'm paraphrasing, because it's a big speech, but he goes, yes, yes, I am. I met him 15 years ago, I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no conscience, no understanding of good, evil, right, wrong, life or death. Uh... I met this six-year-old child with his pale, blank, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. <laughs> like that. Okay. Yeah, and then he goes, I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because what was behind those eyes was purely and simply evil. That's me <laughs> saying evil. He okay. didn't say it like that. Yes, fine, fine, fine. Is it, or were you just lazy? <laughs> Yikes. Well, you know, evil. Come on now. Severe mentally, severely mentally ill. With some kind of weird fascination with the sister. Yeah, I guess so. Not anymore, she's dead. <laughs> he went and stole her headstone. That too. People people do weird things. Do you know what Ed Gein got up to in his spare time? I don't time? want to know. I don't know who this person is. I assume he was a gynecologist. Uh, a gyne? Kind of. Oh, no, I don't want to know. Even more so now. Yeah. His patients couldn't consent because they were already dead. Yeah. So he didn't have some an appointment book as much as he had a shovel. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But he, yeah, he had strange, strange hobby. But I don't know that he was evil. I think he was just very, very ill. Very, very ill. A wrong okay. and... Okay, fine. You seem very, you, you seem very reluctant to write Michael Myers off as being evil. No, I think he's evil. You think he's evil? Yeah. But he doesn't exist. He's not real. 
I understand that, but you can have evil in books. Much yes. like, as we said, the evil dead. So you're fine with evil as a concept in a film, but you're not okay with someone yeah, that's being why, That's why I said, I think, it, I think it's going to be great. It's going yes. to be great of stuff. Everything's like shades of grey. Where, uh, except in, you know, films where it's like, it's got to be one or the other or mm. it's going to confuse the audience. Mm. Yeah. He'll be back. I'm back going... again. <laughs> Michael's Tell the back. Friend. <laughs> Tell, have any. Tell the police. Mm. Yes. Pr- and hope they believe you. Yes. I'm going to wait for him. Tell the cops to keep their mouths shut and their eyes open. Because he doesn't want to create a panic. Uh, okay. Because at, I, at the time I thought, that's bad advice. But then <laughs> uh, when you see the start of this, the second film and poor Bill, oh, Ben Tramer gets yeah. killed because of a panic, you're like... Mm. Yes, also a very inappropriate choice of Halloween costume. Well, he didn't know. What do you mean he didn't know? He's wearing a boiler suit and a Shatner mask. Yes. Halloween 2. I assume it's not the same year. It's the same day! It's the same day! Oh! Yes. I just assumed it was next Halloween. No. So all the Halloween films are based on the same evening? No. There's Halloween, which we're talking about now. Halloween 2, which is the rest of that day. 2 a.m. that morning. Yes, it is, pretty much. And then the third film, Michael Myers isn't even in... It's called Season of the Witch. It's about a scary Halloween conspiracy that's going on. Right. And then you've got... I assume that's something to do with, with, uh, like, magic again. Mm, Not really. Well, it's just Season of the Witch. It's just what it's... It's a song, isn't it? Do you not know that song? It's the Season of the Witch. It's a good song, that. Yeah. Then you've got Halloween... By Salt and Pepper. Oh, yeah. What? what, Didn't they sing, like, Shoop? (laughs) I don't know any. And uh, let's talk about sex with Envo. Michael Myers. Oh. Which is ironic because he doesn't talk. And yeah. Yeah, he can't really, can he? Um, yeah, let's and then get you've, back on track. And then you've got like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, Halloween. Strangely blah, enough, blah, blah, blah. not 13. Um, there should have been a 13, but that's the other franchise. Mm. So they maybe skipped that one. They're really shit. Although the Friday the 13th films get ridiculous as well. At one point, he murders someone with a guitar. Wait, why were they carrying a guitar? They were... They were filming a music video in the bowels of a ship. And how did he kill them? With the guitar. Oh, I thought he just murdered someone with a guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, shut up. No, we've already established that Michael has a synth. There's definitely a music thing, which is shut up, shut up, yeah. just shut up, shut it's up. Black it's, like, it's just rude. Yeah. Give peace a chance. I'm trying to remember the song now. It really doesn't matter. So anyway, Laurie is being the, the perfect babysitter, as you can imagine. Mm. She's reading to the kid and the kid interrupts to have a... Why? A, fr- <laughs> a, fr- <laughs> a frank and serious conversation about the boogeyman, the nature thereof. What's the boogeyman? Musician. Yeah, or, well, yeah. I mean, it's the 70s. Every man is the boogeyman. He likes to boogie, 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 boogie. Yeah. Like uh, John Travolta. He's the boogeyman. Yes. He had Saturday Night Fever. Oh, he's ill. And became the boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been treated for that. Yeah, that's the least of his problems in that film. Mm. What an asshole. Yeah. Doesn't matter. The phone rings. 
this is beginning to sound like Black Christmas again, isn't it? Because is, like it? every every uh, this time someone's eating an orange. <laughs> <laughs> People do that on the bus, and it annoys the shit out of me because oh, it's the noisiest thing. You just hear them going like, it's disgusting. Do that somewhere else. Yeah. In the bath. It, it, well, it is, yeah. Uh, it's okay, they're eating miso because it's like not miso, that noisy. Miso, miso. Um, the phone rings and this time it's Annie with brown hair. Mm. She's making some popcorn. Mm. Tasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Michael with the scent again. Yeah. <laughs> the dog comes in, it's a big Alsatian. Not a dead one. It's not dead because mm. it's barking. It's going... <laughs> ruff, ruff. Only How's deeper. Wolfie in the film? Don't you remember? Terminator 2? Oh. The kid's like, how's Wolfie? Wolfie's fine, honey. Yeah, My dog's called dog's Fluffy. Not called, yeah, not Fluffy yeah. anymore. Oh. Don't get killed. I, are you sure the dog got killed? Yeah, because it's like, and then no. it's like, ooh. Well, no, no, no. She then killed the husband. Oh, no, she killed the husband while she was on the phone. Then yeah. she went out to check out on the dog. Did and she? then it's like, Fling. So you don't see it getting stabbed. Maybe she just stroked it and just petted it and then it just stopped. It was barking. weird that because it was Arnie who asked the question in the kid's voice. Yeah. 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 It's like, Wolfie's fine, honey. Your dog's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and your, and uh, your parents. <laughs> I mean, if it had been a cat, it'd have been fine. Oh. oh I'm down at eight now. <laughs> oh. Yes. So the dog, rings. the dog is barking. Dog's there. The Popcorn. dog's barking. Yes. And growling in an ominous fashion. Because it is an Alsatian. They're fucking metal. Who's <laughs> saying it's an ominous dog? Is it like saluting? Oh, let alone. Oh, do you judge it? Don't, hashtag not all Alsatians. <laughs> They're lovely dogs. I love Alsatians. Yes. But, uh, well, anyway. The reason the dog's barking, unbeknownst to Annie, is because Michael is outside in the garden watching her through the the doors the the glass doors okay he's like peeping through two hanging um pots you know those hanging pots yes yeah he's like watching and she's in the kitchen and she's on the phone and she's she just keeps going lindsay get this dog out of here lindsay the dog's barking and lindsay is watching tv and is utterly utterly uninterested in anything Annie has to say. Fair enough. Despite the fact that Annie continually screams through the entire thing, Lindsay! I'm getting killed! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the kid's just like, I'm watching TV! Yeah. I'll call the ambulance in an hour. Yeah, when this is over. God. Yeah. Um, where am I? And it turns out that Lindsay, not Lindsay, that Annie has, f has phoned Ben Tramer. Oh! <gasps> And she's recommended, hey, I thought of this great costume. It's a boiler suit and a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally think you should wear it. Yeah. Laurie will really get a kick out of it. Yeah. So now Laurie's really embarrassed. And she's going, oh my God, you didn't. You didn't. Because she told, she told Ben that Laurie liked him. And Laurie's really Laurie embarrassed. Laurie liked him. Right. Okay, check. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so she's on the phone going like, oh my God, you didn't, Annie. I'm so embarrassed. And Tommy looks out the window the little kid yes he looks out the window and he can see michael on the on the porch at annie's house right and he starts well going, lindsay's house at lindsay's house yeah technically 
and he's going. Well, the, listen. The kid starts going, Laurie, it's the boogeyman, it's the boogeyman. Ah. Uh, and Laurie's like, shut the fuck up. She looks out the window and he's not there. Mouths of babes. Right, exactly. Meanwhile, Annie has Jamie just. Jamie the <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> right enough. Yeah. Annie has spilt butter all down her front. So has she now? Yeah. Do tell. <laughs> <laughs> so she strips. She takes off all her clothes, except for her underpants, her socks. Tommy's in for a surprise. Tommy's not there. This is Annie that spilled butter oh, down her front. Annie. And okay. Lindsay doesn't give a shit. So she takes off mm. all her clothes. She finds a shirt hanging on the back of the door and she puts that on. Pretty hot. And she decides she's going to go out to the laundry room to wash her clothes that now have butter all over them. Yeah. Okay. Where was I? When she strips, we don't see anything. She has her back to Michael. Uh-huh. And Michael's so frustrated by well, this. Well, he stabbed his sister by walking in with her back. Exactly. Well, this time he just smashes a pot plant and storms off. <laughs> he goes around... pot in this film. I know, right? Getting smashed on pot. Yes. He goes around to the other window, presumably to get a better look, since all he can see is her back in this window, and the dog comes around to attack him. And It's like, eh, I could do the seconds. <laughs> no! Yeah. Well, it looks like what happened was... Because we, we see Michael's, like hips down and we see the dogs sort of waist down and it just looks What's like here? <laughs> they're both michael's standing up he has lifted the dog right and i'm assuming what happened was he hugged it so well that it fell asleep that it was so relaxed that it just fell asleep yes and that's what happened michael obviously was like oh doggy and lifted it and cuddled it and it just fell asleep in his arms. Yes. And that's what happened. That's totally what happened. Yes. Let us say no more about that and move on. The kid, Tommy, is watching The Thing. Not the John Carpenter 1982 mm-hmm. version of The Thing. Well, that'd be tricky considering it's four years it says, before. Yes, but it's actually the original The thing, the one that's in black and white, which is cool because it keeps coming on the TV. We keep getting to see the thing in this film. And then John Carpenter goes on to direct the thing four years later. Uh. Maze balls. I quite like that. He obviously really likes the thing. And I guess they were like, well, who better to direct it? Which is quite nice. Um, Laurie's explaining to Tommy that the boogeyman isn't real. Mm. Chill out, kid. Mm. And... You know, it's the usual conversation where it's like, um, you know, I saw him. You didn't see him. He's not real. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. This whole thing. There's an ongoing conversation between um, Annie with the brown hair and Lindsay, which is, Lindsay, I'm going to wash my clothes. Stop dictating your entire life to me. This isn't Twitter. I'm trying to. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag washing clothes. Hashtag yeah. tied, etc. Um, yeah, so anyway, Annie's gone out into the shed to launder her clothes. In a, in almost in the nip. Pretty much in the nip. She's just wearing a shirt and some and socks. Underwear. Yes. Mm. And while she's fittering about with the washing machine, the door goes eek and closes. Okay. And she, guess what she says? Bob, is that you, Bob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul in her case. But yeah. yeah, she's like, Paul, is that you? It's not funny, Paul. The usual. Although it's not usual yet. 
I suppose it's not funny either. <laughs> it's never been funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, she opens the door to look out and she's like, fuck off, Paul, sort of thing. And then the door closes again and it locks. Is she on the inside, the outside? She's inside it. She's been locked in. Right. And then she's like, Lindsay! Lindsay yes. doesn't give a shit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> about anything she has to say. Oh. And we saw Michael behind the door briefly. We know he did it. And then he sort of scuttles. He, he, locked, he locked her in. I don't know how he locked her in. Maybe it's a bolt. Because there's a lock on the inside. There's a lock on the inside. Did yes. you just say a bolt and then there was a bolt of lightning? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's the thunder. Ooh. How atmospheric. Is it thunder though or is it that guy that drives around all the, the, the bins? Oh, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's locked in. Yeah. He's whatever somehow locked it. Do cares how? She doesn't care. She has come up with a fantastic idea of climbing. I know. She's going to sit on top of the washing machine for the next half hour. <laughs> She'll be like, I'll sack it. No, she decides she's going to climb out the window, as you do. Luckily, though, because Michael Myers has gone around, he's like at that end of the, the shed at this point. The phone rings. Lindsay finally deigns to do something because she answers it. And it's Paul. Paul's here at long last. And he's like, go and get Annie with the brown hair. So finally, Lindsay's like, right, fine. I'll go do something then, shall I? Mm. So she um, she goes to get her, basically, and finds her stuck in the window. Because she's got stuck. Do you remember that woman that did the shit and then threw it out oh, the window? No. But it slipped between. Yes, because she got stuck in the window trying to retrieve it. That yeah. poor woman on so many levels. It's second floor, I think. <laughs> Not least that she was trapped between those two panes of glass with a big poop. What about the woman who took a shit and it was in the bag? Oh, she, she left, left it, it on the counter. Oh, yeah. no. Or the woman who took a shit and then threw it out yeah. the window and there was a conservatory. <laughs> Everyone's just watching it going, <laughs> and she's the only person who wasn't in the she room. She walks back in like, hey, what's everyone looking at? <laughs> um. Skid mark with a punctuation mark. <laughs> yes. I'll get my coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take a different exit there. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that, did, that anyway. did not go well. But what's... So it's quite nice the way they shot this because we're looking at the... When she's going, Lindsay! We are looking at the door. Mm. We can see her through the door. Mm. And then behind her, we can see the window. Mm. And then in the window, we can see Michael Myers peering in. Uh-huh. And it's the way they've shot it, because it's very dark. Mm. It's quite clever the way they've shot it, where you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, you sure, just okay. sort of see him. So that's why we were like, don't climb out the window. Michael's over there. Yes. So she comes back in, she talks to Paul, who's, who phoned, and he's like, ha ha, I've snuck out, because I'm grounded, remember? Mm. I've snuck out, come and get me. Coppers. Yeah, yeah, no, her, you okay. come get me, we can... She's busy. Well, she tries to talk the kid into having, um, going for a ride to pick up Paul, but yes. Lindsay's like, I am watching TV. I am watching a movie. Yeah, exactly, I am watching The Thing. 
Yeah. So she's like, do you know what? I'm taking you around to Laurie's. You can watch it with Tommy Doyle next door. Bish, bash, bosh. So Michael watches as Annie takes Lindsay and goes around to Laurie's. Yes. Right? Tommy's. With lots of, well, yes, Tommy's technically. That Laurie's babysitting. Mm. There's lots of jarring noises going on, like, dong. Like Mike's really, you know, playing it up on the synth. Me. I thought it was just like accidentally bumping into stuff because it's dark. Probably. That's why the synth is making such weird noises. Yeah. <laughs> is that noise rain? It sounds like it's rain. Well, let's hope it finishes but by considering the time the ceiling is not leaking in this building, it's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's usually how we know it's raining because mm. the roof's leaking. Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. So, Laurie has agreed to look after Lindsay if... Annie phones Ben Tramer first thing tomorrow and yes. says that she was joking. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good deal. Mm. Also, Laurie had the good sense to wear an apron while she was making popcorn so or whatever. She, did get she didn't herself. get butter down, down herself. Mm-hmm. So Annie goes out to the car Shame. in the garage and the door's locked. Oh. And she's like, oh shit. She goes back into the house, she gets her keys, she fixes her hair a bit, she goes back out. She absentmindedly just like pulls the door handle There's again. There's a dude in the car. It's open. Dun, dun, dun. So now Michael is in the car, yeah. Mm. How did he get in the car? The same way he can drive cars. And... Was it unlocked already? No, because it was locked. And then she the went to get. No, no, no. She went to the car in the garage. Mm. The door was locked. She went to get the keys. Oh, I see. I assumed it was the garage that was locked. Do you know what could have happened? Do you know what could have happened? Because she didn't bring the keys for some stupid reason. Maybe it was unlocked, right? Michael got in and locked the door. Yes. Then he was like, that was a stupid thing to do. Why did I lock the door? How can my victim get in the car? Yeah, but then it'd be really stupid if he reopened it. Because then then she would know it's like unlocked again. Well, he didn't think that far ahead and neither did she. She didn't think of it either because she then gets into the car. It's quite cool, actually. So she gets into the car and then she looks out the window. Why does it smell dog meat in here? (laughs) Why does it smell like dead dog and hardware store and boiler (laughs) and William Shatner? (laughs) I don't know what that smells like. Yeah, Shatner car. (laughs) Ah. No, she's sitting there and she, she looks up and looks at the windscreen and she's like, Huh? And rubs her finger down it because the car's full of condensation. Because it's cold out, because it's Halloween and he's been breathing in there. In the car. And just when she's going, huh, Michael goes, bing, and just pops up in the back seat. kind of popcorn. He's like a jack-in-the-box. Yes. He just, boom, pops up, reaches one arm round and strangles her to death with one hand. A one-hand strangle. That's pretty strong. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> stop it <laughs> that's okay. what she said stop it well she didn't she's getting strangled well she said <laughs> and then it goes Bing! so he plays it's a not okay the death synth <laughs> yeah poor Annie I know Annie is not okay yeah Annie are you okay Annie Annie <laughs> yeah yeah so the kids are watching the thing. Tommy thinks he's come up with a fantastic ruse. He hides behind the curtain and starts going, Lindsay, to try and creep Lindsay out. And amazingly, Lindsay falls for it, which is incredible. Mm. Who do you think it is, Lindsay? Tommy's not on the sofa next to you anymore. 
Who do you think it might be? <laughs> Laurie? Potentially, yeah, but Laurie wouldn't do that. Mm. In so doing, he notices when he looks out the window, he sees a large man with a white Michael uh, William Shatner mask carrying an unconscious woman round the front of the house and in the front door. Of his house? Of Lindsay's house. Okay. Yeah, he sees this across the street. Right. And he's like... <gasps> right? Watching this. And then... Bumps into Lindsay, who's been trying to source the... Lindsay voice. Yeah. Bumps into her, whips around, and just starts screaming his little head off, going like... The boogie man, the boogie man, I saw the boogie man, the boogie man's outside! And Laurie's mm. like, enough of this now. Knock it off. If you don't knock the shit off, you're going to bed. You're scaring Lindsay. Yes. And he goes... Boy, he cried, spooky man. Yeah. And Lindsay says, I believe you, Tommy. And then the two of them watch the thing again. <laughs> it's kind of weird that they're like, okay. Yeah. The kid's just like, oh my God, I just saw a horrible murder. I guess I'll watch you the thing. You said she was unconscious. Yeah. Well, I mean, the kid doesn't know she's murdered. Limp. A limp woman in his arms. Okay. Completely limp. Okay. And Luke. mostly in the net. Oh. Dr. Loomis is in the bushes outside Michael Myers' house. The old Myers' house. Because okay. he thinks that Michael Myers is going to come home. But he also star in Krull. Noop, noop. It's near, near. It's yeah. noop, noop. <laughs> Who the fuck is noop, noop? Yeah. Yeah. See, this is the issue. Because he's just hiding behind the hedge. Which means he's 100% sure that if Michael does come home, he's going to come home up the street from the other direction. How do you know he's not just going to come up from behind you and kill you while you hide in the Touché. bushes of his house? Yes. The safest place would be in a car. I'm beginning to think well, that Well, actually, having said that, it really isn't, is it? Apparently not, after what we just learned. Yeah. <laughs> if it starts to fill with condensation, worry. Mm. Yeah. It's totally raining. Yeah. Hopefully it'll stop by the time we're finished. We'll just drag this out. And then as soon as it stops raining, we just stop the podcast. I was going to say, come and drag it out too long because I've got to catch a train at some point. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, we're nearly yeah. there. Yeah we're, yeah. Getting, we're getting to the climax anyway. Oh, yeah. So, so that's, you know, I begin to wonder where Loomis got his medical degree. I think he, like, bought it from the Cayman Islands. Same place Gillian McGee's got hers. Exactly. And Ben Goldacre's cat. cat. His dead cat. <laughs> oh, I didn't know the cat dead. was dead. Yeah, I think that's what made, took, took it even further, yeah. That's even worse. Yeah. Um, still a better doctor than her, though. Mm, definitely. Do you know um, Polly Matzinger, the famous immunologist? Apparently she used to put uh, like, yeah, her so, cat yeah. as an author on yes. papers. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Why the hell not? Um, so some kids like arrive and they're like, I dare you to go up to the old Myers house. No, the place where there's a tricky, happy, professional yeah. psychiatrist. Yeah, exactly. Well, the psychiatrist starts going like, get away and the kids all freak out and run off and then he looks weirdly pleased with himself that he just terrified these three-year-olds it's halloween something wrong with this guy anyway the the cop reappears the sheriff reappears he's still not entirely convinced about this and uh loomis assures him he's like no michael's on a mission he has been planning this for 15 years he is inhumanly patient. He has been waiting for his opportunity to escape, to come back here. I'm telling you, he's coming back here. Death has come to your little town. Okay. Is what he says. 
and the sheriff patronizing mm, your little town mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the sheriff basically says well i'm skeptical but on the off chance that you're right i don't think it's worth writing off what you're saying to me. Being killed. his daughter has just been killed he doesn't know that i but know i know Sad though. But he his his attitude basically is, um, you know what, I'm not going to take the risk that you're right. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to take the risk that you're right. And yes. I'm, so I'm not going to just pretend everything's yes. fine. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. So he says, you know, I'm not convinced about this. If you're wrong, it's going to waste a lot of cop time, time, something like that. And then he says, uh, if you're right, Damn you for letting him go. He didn't let him go. I know. It's hardly his fault. It was whoever's in charge of the... Yeah. I mean, they were there to pick him up. Yeah, to take him to a parole board where he's going to recommend that he never got out. The question there is, why wasn't the parole board just go to the insane asylum? I know. She said that. She was like, she was like, if you don't, if you never wanted to want him to get out, why are we taking this risk? And he's like, because that's the law. Yeah, it in a kind very of is, though. Yeah. tone. <laughs> we should just be allowed to shoot him. Yes. I mean, what? <laughs> um, what good it'll do you? You can't shoot him. Linda, the blonde hair. Yes. And her boyfriend, Bob, Bob. Have pulled up. They're both stoshes drunk, four sheets to the wind, and giggling uproariously. <laughs> yes. Like this. They are plotting their sex capids. Okay. Um... But during which he makes a really gross joke that I wouldn't repeat, but it's like, dude, that is not funny. Ew. Okay. So I don't like Bob. Okay. That's too far, bro. It's crude. It was beyond crude. Ooh. It was criminal. I didn't like it. Anyway, um, it's the 70s, I suppose. They're both very drunk. <laughs> okay. And they march into... Annie's house. Lindsay's house. What? Well, because Annie was the babysitter. You're the one who pulled me up on this. Yeah, but you said that they were going around Annie's house because Annie's parents no, weren't there. they were going around to the house Annie's babysitting in I because there were no we adults go, there. If we go back... As in Annie's house, because I've been referring to the house that the babysitters oh, are in as... Right, okay, fine, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm with it, I'm with it, okay. So they go around there. With a minor in the house who is not even like... Well, the plan, they have a whole plan. Mm. to like slip away when Lindsay isn't looking and then presumably just really quietly have sex which sounds pretty boring each i mean if they're even still conscious by that stage because they're both completely stocious sure annie we're here obviously no answer all the lights are off and they decide they'll just make out on the couch until they are furnished with more information, I guess. Or more furniture. <laughs> yeah, sure. And while they're making out on the couch, we can hear Michael breathing again. Uh-huh. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. And as we pan out, we see his shoulder. He's standing in the hall watching them make out on the sofa with a synth. <laughs> okay. He's just like playing Barry White. <laughs> Why is he holding Barry White? <laughs> He's playing Barry White, oh, yeah. like squeezing him to get like. He's not mm. a bellows. <laughs> what is he? Some kind of what is it called? Um, Elam pipe. Called? No, the um. Yeah, the bagpipe. Bagpipes, yes. Yeah, I think it's the Elam one though that you just have to do this. Isn't with. that Elon Musk? Elon, ooh, a smelly bagpipe, a musk. Yes. Yeah. There we go. 
We did bring it back to like, a, what was it called? Like raccoons. Oh, <laughs> poor raccoons. Do you remember that show, The Raccoons? And those weird pink yes. naked things? They used to yeah. freak me out. What the that hell were they? That was pretty weird. They looked like dicks with dicks on their faces. That's what they looked like. <laughs> dick, dick heads. <laughs> the dick noses in this yeah, case. Yes, yeah. Limp dick noses. Laurie and the kids are doing some sort of strange pumpkin lantern procession where the kids are going like, oh, and they have lit the pumpkin. And the Halloween. The jack-o'-lantern. Mm. And they slowly bring it into the, the kitchen and they, they're... Dining room, sorry, and set it right, on the right, table. Right. Mm-hmm. All's calm outside. All totally, like, wholesome. And then the phone rings. It's Linda with the blonde hair. What's she eating? Nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you what she's eating. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Not yet. She, uh, what do you call her? Laurie's like, oh, I thought Annie would be back by now. Um, because she went out to collect Paul. And the only thing Linda yes. took away from this conversation is Lindsay is at Tommy Doyle's house and mm. Annie has gone out to collect Paul. But the car is still in the garage. Oh, they didn't look in the garage. Okay. So they don't know that. All they know is the house is empty. Okay. So guess what they do? <laughs> uh, vacuum clean it, like polish some of the furniture. Yeah, yeah, they're good kids. They, they give the place to spruce up, you yeah. know. They go out and buy some beer and put it in the fridge. No. They they're too young immediately run upstairs. <laughs> oh, yeah, right enough. Well, where did they get it all? They've been drinking it all night. When they got out of the van, cans just rolled out like uh, Rick when he gets out of his spaceship. Yeah, they just sugar high. Aw, they're high on life. Well, they're in bed giving it the good one. Mm. And the phone rings. Wow. So it's quite a centeruptus for poor Bob. Well, why why just poor Bob? Well, and her too. But anyway, they're so they're upstairs, they're about to get down to business, the phone rings, they stop. <laughs> They'd like got one of those little like counting up machines and little visor. <laughs> <laughs> green visor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the phone rings and they wait for it to stop ringing and then he's like, let's take the phone off the hook. Yes. So that we're not interrupted. And I timed it the second I remember the first Two time. And a half minutes. The first time oh. I thought, well, that was quick. And the second time I actually timed it. And it took him exactly 10 seconds. Oh. 10 seconds. And in that time, we see a shadow of Michael Myers walk across the wall. Or, you know, move yeah, yeah, across yeah, yeah. the wall. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Playing a synth again. <laughs> I bet you Michael, like, watched for 10 seconds and then was like... He's like, I wrote an entire five-minute track for that. Oh, and he got 10 seconds yeah. into it. No wonder he was so cross. <laughs> so, oh, this is a classic. So she says, fantastic, which... Ironically. Per pet. Ironically. Fantastic. <laughs> Oh, she was, yeah, maybe she was being sarcastic, yeah. yeah, potentially. And then she says, go and get me a beer in a, like, cutesy, you know, kind sure, of way. Sure, yeah. And guess what he says? I've only got cigarettes. No, she's already smoking a cigarette. Ah, you didn't mention that bit. The, the finding of a classic horror movie trope here. He says, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. He won't be right back. <laughs> 
He'll because be dead. He for a different football team. <gasps> He'll be front forward, yeah. <laughs> left forward. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This so. is where Kathy puts her own joke about football and says, Change me out. I know American football. <laughs> Anyhow, so there's like a dark galley kitchen. The lighting in this film is excellent. How they did it. It's like fucking Akira, the way they were able to. You, it's so dark and yet you're able to see everything you need to. Mm. It's so good. Mm. It's like a galley kitchen. Mm. At the end of which, because we're we're looking down the kitchen, yeah. Yes. There's those you know those doors with the little glass panels. Yes. Those doors at the end. There's a cupboard over here, and a door to I'm assuming the dining room over here. Okay. We're all at the end. Yes. All the actions at the end of this mm. room. Fridges at the top. Yes. Bob like strolls into this house that he doesn't live in and shouldn't be in, and takes beers out of the fridge cheeky bastard I mean he's about to get a punishment not really befitting the crime but still yes um, and then he hears one of the, the glass panel doors at the end he hears it like creak open a bit so he goes to check duh stupid and can hear breathing <sighs> noises and he slowly like creeps over to the cupboard and opens the cupboard so doors. both his hands are occupied with the doors while he gets stabbed in the face. No. Mm. He opens the cupboard and there's nothing there. Da-da-da. Someone's already stolen everything. Oh, I mean, there's 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 stuff in the cupboard. Oh. But what's Im- importantly, there's no killer in the cupboard. Oh. And he goes, huh. And then he turns around and he goes to open the other door that goes into the, presumably the dining room. And it all happens so fast. He oh, he creaks that door open so slowly, and then Michael just comes barreling out of it, grabs him by the throat, pins him against the cupboards he was just opening a minute ago, and lifts him up one-handed, choking him, <clears throat> holds him up, right? I guess with his left hand, holds him up against the cupboard. He's like right up at the ceiling, yes. going, <clears throat> and then he just pulls out this enormous knife and just lepidopterists him. Pins him to the door. Yeah. Stabs him right in the gut, pins him to the door. You don't see blood, you don't see anything. You just see his feet go, and then, boop. Grim Fandango. Much like the dog that fell asleep in his arms. And Michael stands in front of this, what what he has just created. Yes. And he, like, slowly tips his head to the side like a confused spaniel. And then, and then straightens it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, it just keeps turning his head from side to side, like admiring his handiwork sort of thing, which is really creepy. And he, it, um, he's done two murders now, and neither, neither instance did he seem to get his blood up or seem particularly perturbed or annoyed mm. or anything. He was just, it's like killing a fly. You know, you're a mosquito where you're just talking and then you're like, Ugh. anyway, blah, blah, blah. Nothing. Sure. There's nothing there. I get it. Yeah. Weird. Linda, meanwhile, is lying, Linda with blonde hair, is lying in bed filing her nails wrong because you're not supposed to hacksaw it back and forth across the nail. You're supposed to do single strokes from the edge to the middle. But she's just up there going, <laughs> Maybe that's why it's 10 seconds. 
Ah, mystery solved. <laughs> Michael. There's not a file involved. Oh, yikes. Well, see, this is why sex on the beach is such a bad idea. Abrasive, yeah. Yes. The door creaks open and there's a ghost in the door, i.e. someone is standing in the doorway with a sheet over their head with two eye holes and Bob's glasses. Ah. So she obviously assumes it's Bob. Has he got beer? That's what she's annoyed about. Quite rightly. No beer. Mm. Bob dead. Yeah. It's not Bob. Not Bob. No. Sheriff. I shot Sheriff. So he appears in the doorway and she goes, cute Bob. And then she sits up in the bed and pulls the bed sheet down and she's got her bits out. And she says, see anything you like? And he takes the nightstand. Bitcoins. <laughs> no, no, no. He like takes the Hummel. <laughs> oh. You don't see her chest when she does this, but it's heavily implied <laughs> that you sure, know, sure. Okay, these okay. are the things he's supposed to see that he likes. Mm. But obviously it's Michael. He doesn't care. Then she says, where's my beer? And nothing as we've established he hasn't spoken in 15 years so a doubt, doubt his first words are going to be in the fridge go nice get them yourself <laughs> yeah the beer rack <laughs> yeah where you get the beer from so she's tr- trying to get him to say something aren't you going to talk to me and she's like this is rubbish she gets out of bed and goes to phone laurie and she's like beep boop, beep beep bring bring laurie answers the phone and just as she answers the phone Michael has crept up behind poor Linda with the blonde hair. Yes. And chokes her to death with the phone cord. How impolite. I know. So that's it's twice. Not exactly like how she's had the best night so far. Well, no. A fucking one pump chump. Mm. And now this. And poor Laurie. First she gets phoned and hears. And now she gets phoned and hears. So she's having a pretty shitty night too. And be surprised if she answers the phone again. All her friends are dead. She doesn't know that yet. Yeah. She doesn't think anyone's dead. So Laurie's pretty perturbed by this, as you can imagine. Mm. And she calls back and nobody answers. Yes. Well, he might have picked up, but he doesn't talk, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did at the end. Like, she was going, um, Linda, Linda. And Michael was like. Ah, yeah. Yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Like, lifted it to be like. Oh, hi, it's Linda. Totally, I'm fine. Paul's <laughs> not stabbed to death. <laughs> no, sorry, Bob. Bye. Click. <laughs> I, okay. think I, I think I got away with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Bob's your dead uncle <laughs> at this point. Now, uh, Laurie goes to check on the children. Yes. But remember the horror rules, yeah? You can't kill children. No, no, no. Linda just had sex and now she's dead. Yes. As did Bob and now he's dead. Really? Well, I don't know if that counts really. But, um, so, usually with these sorts of movies, it's very much pitched like, oh, it's a morality tale. They're being punished for having fun. Mm. Right? But John Carpenter himself said that that absolutely wasn't what he was saying at all. And these... These films, remember, are aimed at the age group that are in it. It's aimed at teenagers. Sure. Right? 
And this is the time of the religious right reforming as well. Yeah, so, yeah. and becoming more vocal. Up until this point, we have had um, pretty much entirely religion movies. All the horror movies have been religion-based. You've had Rosemary's Baby in 68. You had The Exorcist in 73. You have The Omen in 76. And then Halloween in 78. Right. So there's a, this is a big change of tack. It's a, a, quite a remove from the movies we've, the horror movies we've been having. And I think that we're taking the, the moral aspect of this. I think we're, we're looking at it the wrong way around. I think, and I think the people who are watching this would be thinking, these are just teenagers doing what teenagers do. They're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And my take on this is that Michael Myers is the religious right. He is this nameless, faceless... Stealing fun. Yeah. Yeah, he's the Grinch. He's just here to come and stop teenagers from doing what they want to do. Yeah. Which, I don't know, you know, I don't know why... It's a little bit after the fact, though, isn't it? What's that? I mean, if he wanted to stop them from doing something, he would have killed them first. He's punishing them for doing it, which is very much the religious rights, you know, bailiwick. Because they're, you know, they're all upset about women working and the divorce rates and communism and the pill and all this stuff. And they they just don't want people having fun. And then you get these films that they're trying to, people are trying to pitch it that these teenagers are being punished for their bad behavior. But I don't think they are. And John Carpenter said himself that that's not what he's going for. Yeah. He doesn't think those kids were doing anything wrong. And it's the religious right that are punishing them for... Because, you know, America loves this sort of attitude of, like, abstinence and just don't take drugs Mm. and don't do anything fun and you'll be fine. You'll be safe. And don't talk to men, but get married. Hmm? It's all massively hypocritical. Of course it is. Of course it is. But... I think this is a fresh take on the whole thing, especially since it's teenagers that these films are aimed at. They're hardly going to have teenagers sitting around going, oh, I can't believe that they smoked a joint and drank some beer and now and I'm glad they were murdered. <laughs> no, they're going yeah. to be like, oh my God, this is terrifying. They're being ordinary teenagers. To, to stop the religious right. Yes, yeah, maybe. Although Reagan, so. <laughs> John Carpenter yeah. said... The only reason Laurie survives the film and the others didn't was because she had no distractions. You know, she didn't have Bob to assume the noise was Bob. Or she didn't have a reason to go out into she the garage. small children she was looking after. Who she was on high alert to protect. Yes. You don't have to protect Bob. Well, well maybe they should have. This is, John's arg- this is John Carpenter's argument. He made the film. I'm going to take his word for it. Fine. So Laurie goes out, she goes like out onto her por- onto the porch, mm. not her porch. Understood. Makes her way over to the house that Annie died in. Yeah. Well, the house that everyone's everyone died, died in. in. Yeah. And like she knocks the door, she rings the doorbell, nothing. She calls out, nothing. And she heads around to the back to the, the panel doors in the kitchen, remember? Yes. No sign of Bob. Uh, is there a hole in the door though? The, the pin the tail on the bob mm. is gone. The hole in the door we can't see because it's dark. Yes. There's no sign of anything. Mm. The door's still open, so she go, she goes in, 
and she hears a bump upstairs. And she thinks, I don't want to listen to this. No, no. She... I'll come back in 20 seconds. Annie! Yeah, she might as well. Annie, it's not funny, this routine. Annie, it's not okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not okay, Annie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's this, this, this whole like chunk, this like crescendo. The it's just so beautifully shot. It's so cool. Like the lighting is amazing. I think people who do the lighting in films are grossly underestimated. Mm. But this is these people like they knew what they were doing. She creeps up the stairs, doing the whole like cut it out, Annie, and she sees one door at the end of the hall, and you can see the light. There's a light on because yeah. the doors are just ajar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she she creeps towards it, like a bit freaked out, understandably. Yes. And she opens the door and Annie is lying dead on the bed and Judith Meyer's headstone is propped up on the headboard and there's a jack-o'-lantern on the bedside table. Okay. <gasps> so what does Laurie do? Call the police? No. Immediately what does she do? Screams? No, she doesn't. That's the great thing. She does something sort of vaguely normal where she goes, you know, she's so shocked and horrified by this that she doesn't just go, she viscerally reacts to it. She's like, and she, she sort of walks backwards and like falls and leans against the, it's like a banister. It's like a a door frame of a very dark, walk-in closet oh no and she leans against it and like trying to get control of herself and bob just swings down upside down woo into the door frame and now she screams like yeah jump scare (laughs) i guess the first one's just super ominous the second one's a jump scare yeah because she was she proper screams and then like throws herself against the window knocks the cupboard Linda's dead in the cupboard, so she sees that yeah. and, and, you know, uh, screams, runs out the door. She's on the landing. She's very scared and she's just sort of whimpering like... Yeah, 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 yeah. And she leans against the wall, like try to, tries to tuck herself into a corner and is just sort of whimpering and looking around and there is a very, very dark room here, pitch black. And then I just whatever the way they did the lighting, very slowly, you just see Michael's white mask yeah, in the darkness. So cool. And uh, he just appears and sort of creeps out, of, emerges out of the darkness and tries a big stab at her. And he just runs it down her arm, Ooh. rips her shirt open, mm-hmm. the sleeve. And she's like, and jumps backwards, pitches over the banister and falls down the stairs. Oof, hurts her leg. Yeah. And now she's got a limp. Yeah. But she's like, limp or no, I'm getting the hell yeah. out of here. Self-preservation. And she, this is weird. Like, So is she, Michael appears at the head of the stairs in like murder stance. Mm. And as she limps away, he does, do you remember we discussed sinister walking? <laughs> Yes. Or ominous walking. Can't remember what I called it. But he's doing that. He's just like doof, doof, doof after. He's not like running after yeah. or, or anything. Very creepy. And she runs into the kitchen 
but he's like propped the, the, the panel door shut with a, with a rake. He's been busy all this time, like rigging Bob up to swing in the doorway and propping the it's door shut and everything. I yeah. Mean, you have to assume someone's going to come in because he could have been there for like weeks. I know. But there's there's one of these classic scenes. He kicks down the, the kitchen door while she's trying to get out of this door. She mm. can't get out the door. Just at the last minute, she smashes the glass, pushes the rake away just before he like kicked through yeah. the door and he's mm. about to stab mm. her. She scuttles away. Like a crab? Yeah, because she's limping. She's like, ooh. And she's screaming in this neighborhood. She is screaming bloody murder. She's like, help, help, somebody help me. She at no point does she say there's a knife wielding lunatic or anything. So there's no reason for someone to not stick their head out and see what's going on. But she's just screaming. She like bangs on the next door neighbor's door. The light comes on. They have a look You're and they're my like, business. "Nope, yeah, exactly." <laughs> not getting involved with that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it it just made me think like this and is. she's like, "Wait, you Jamie Lee Curtis?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, are you Tony Curtis's daughter? Yeah, come yeah. in, come in. Yeah. I noticed this in horror movies and someone else brought it up on a podcast I was watching and I was like, right enough, that's true. But listening to, sorry. Yeah, it's the... So there's no parents in this film who are there to protect no any authority. of the kids. No authority looking after the kids. There's no parents looking after the kids. They're all at the cult. <laughs> yeah, sure. They're all at Jim Jones's house. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of this, you see this in horror films a lot, where the kids are just completely left unsupervised. Mm. There's no parental, I mean, I guess because it's aimed at teenagers, they want to scare teenagers and make them feel no unsafe. And I also think that this is a time where teenagers don't feel particularly safe by the adults in their life anyway, because mm. they're all getting shipped off to Vietnam for one thing, yeah. which is bound to make them feel very betrayed by the adults in their life. And, you know, all the usual stuff probably don't see their parents as much because they're both working, yeah. all this sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So probably just, you know, fits into the whole Vietnam breakdown of the traditional family. And it would just scare you if you were a kid in this position. God, yes. And there were no adults around to protect you. It's an additional layer of fear. So I thought it was interesting. So she's like banging on the door of Tommy's house, like, Tommy, Tommy, let me in. Michael is ambling across the road. <laughs> I like the singer in the yeah, song yeah. with the synth. Oh, no. And the kid like finally wakes up and very slowly like Ooh, click lets her in. And she's like, go upstairs and lock your door. And the kid's like, but the boogeyman, no! <laughs> I haven't got time for your bullshit, Tommy. The phone line's been cut, so she can't call the police. And what? Michael's been busy. Fine. How he knows about cutting phone lines as well. Maybe he learnt it from that guy who was a handyman before he stole his boiler suit and murdered him. Well, if he's wearing a boiler suit, surely he's a boiler repairman. You don't have to just work on boilers if you're a boiler repairman. If you're a repairman. <laughs> <laughs> he might have a diverse portfolio, you don't know. Yes, but that's his investments. Well, he, you know, isn't going to see much return on it now. No. Because... He dead. He dead. Naked in a tree. Oh, <laughs> That's how I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. A Viking burial, if ever I heard one. <laughs> Just catapulted naked into a tree. Oh, no. That's <laughs> oh. someone's tree. <laughs> I do it on my own tree. Like, give me, give me some credit. Okay. Yeah. There's an open window. 
there's a noise that could be wind blowing or it could be Michael breathing. Guess which one it is. It's the wind blowing. No. Oh. She, she's, <laughs> no, oh, shit. <laughs> she's cowering by the sofa, you know, in front of the sofa, like going, ooh, next to your knitting. Convenient. I know. And then Michael pops she up. him with a piece of... What? She garrots him with a cravat. <laughs> yeah, with the, the scarf cravat. she's been knitting. He pops up from behind the sofa and takes a swing at her again with the... Why has he got a swing with him? No, with his knife. Ah. Uh, uh, let me finish! And she, like... That's Boo! what she said. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, she's never going to get to, though. No. Imagine that's the last thing you did before you died. That's the last guy you did before you died. Poor Linda. Laurie reaches into her knitting and grabs a knitting needle and just swings around and sticks it right in Michael's neck. Nice. In your face. Well, not in your face. In In your your neck. neck. Yeah. Ah. And Michael sort of and collapses on the floor. He dropped the knife on the sofa, which she picks up. She then like peeps over the sofa and he's down. So she drops the knife. What are you doing to me, woman? Don't drop that. Why do they always do that? I love that in Cabin Fever when the the, the knife uh, had an electric shock that made them drop the knife. Because it's the only reason you would drop a knife if someone's trying to kill you. Yes, unless you're picking up a gun. And even then, you'd want to keep the knife. Yeah, yeah, you can dual wield. There's no reason why not. Loomis, Dr. Loomis, meanwhile, he's wandering around the neighbourhood. The sheriff pulls up. Oh, because I forgot to mention, Dr. Loomis saw the car. Right. That Michael had stolen. The one with the broken window. So he know yes, so he knows that Michael is in this neighborhood. Yes. So that's why he's wandering around the neighborhood. And the sheriff pulls up and he says, you know, you go around the backs of the houses, I'll take the fronts of the houses, and we'll try and see if we can find him. Let's split up. That's a great strategy. They've in a been split film. up the entire film. Oh, though. So they get together at the end. Yeah, it's very romantic. They like do a runs in slow motion down the street to each other. Yes. Like, do 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 yeah. do do. <laughs> Laurie crawls upstairs to check on the kids, as you would. She gives them a big hug, and she's like, "Okay, we're going to take a walk." And the kids like, "But what about the boogeyman?" And Laurie's like, "I killed him." He's yeah. behind you, baller. He's behind her. He came up the stairs. The kids are like. <laughs> well, the kids don't do that, but they scream. They slam the door in her face and lock it. Little sorry. <laughs> Can't hear you. Watching yeah. the thing in here. This looks to be a you problem. Yeah, 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 exactly. They, she pushes them into the cupboard and locks it and then shuts the door and runs away. Quite cleverly, she runs into the a bedroom and she opens the veranda doors to make it look like she jumped out the... And he looks and she pushes him no, over the banister. No, 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 don't be silly. Mm-hmm. And then she goes and proceeds to enact like the most iconic scene from the film, probably. She gets, she hides in the in the wall closet, the like built-in closet, right? Yes. She, with the little slatted... Louvre it, yes. The little slatted doors. Yes. Yeah, she, she's in there. But it looks like she went out into the veranda. Ha-ha! Another thing, people often argue that these films are anti-feminist. Because it's, you know, exploitative and gratuitous and there's just boobs and people getting murdered all over the place. Mm. But again, if you put the film into the context 
that it is in, which is 1978, really, up until this point, women just waited around for a man to come and rescue them. So I would argue that these slasher films are often about a young woman put in a very difficult position who watches all of her friends get murdered around her and then fights for her life and prevails. Uh Mm. She, you know, she nuts up and does what needs done. And some people complain like, yes, but every time, every time they get some spare time, they start crying. And you're like, yes, but so would you. stress. I would start crying as well. Yeah, I I would be crying throughout. I would be stabbing Michael Myers and sobbing at the same time. (laughs) You've got to keep your vision when you're doing that. Oh, yeah, right enough. Well, uh, maybe. Wipe the tears away. Uh, uh, I'd stab with one hand and wipe my eyes with the other, I guess. You know, like in Hellraiser, Kirsty took care of business in Nightmare on Elm Street, like the, the lead in Nightmare on Elm Street. I've forgotten her name. Heather Langenkamp. I've forgotten the character's name. But she was fucking nails. Like, she really took care of business. And the only reason her plans didn't come together was because the adults in her life let her down. Yeah. You know, fine. she couldn't rely on them. Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Michael figures out the ruse, though, pretty quickly. And he starts, like, rattling the door off the cupboard. With the kids in it? No, with her in it. Ah. He's, like, rattling the door, and she's, like... This is a guy who manages to smash through doors. I know. Well, he then, he tries to open the doors. It doesn't work. Is then he, still like... still got a knitting needle in his arm? No, he pulled that out. That's his neck. stupid, yeah. I know. I know, I was thinking that. Don't pull it out. <laughs> yeah. And then he like smashes through the doors yes. and in the process of smashing, he accidentally turns the light on Ooh. and now the light's swinging all over the place and he's he's flailing around trying to get at her and he knocks a load of those wire coat hangers. So she takes one of the coat hangers, straightens out the wire and gets him right in the eye with it. And he's all, because that would really hurt. <laughs> I'm just saying. If not kill you, yes. Yeah. He drops the knife into the cupboard because he's all, ah, my eye, sort of thing. And she grabs the knife, stabs him in the gut. He he leans out of the cupboard again and sort of collapses. So she drops the knife next to him again saying, yes. here's for when you want it later. Yeah, I'll just leave this right here for yeah. when you suddenly resurrect again. And yeah. at this point, funnily enough, the synthesizer stops because Michael's Michael's unconscious, so he can't play the synth anymore. (laughs) They've stopped playing the music. Laurie, so she, you know, she... It's so annoying. He's lying on the floor, sort of behind the bed, parallel. She comes out of the room and walks around and stands in the the door frame, you know, to be like... She dropped the knife, which is so fucking annoying. Mm. She gets the kids and she's like, you two, run out of here right now. Go round to the Mackenzie's and tell them to call the cops and say that there's a guy trying to kill us in the house. Go And, and, and they're like, go, go. And the kids run out the front door going, ah, as you can imagine. And who is outside? Loomis. Yes. Dr. Loomis sees the kids running, screaming out of the house. And he makes a face of like, hmm, I think I might know what's going on here. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. So Laurie's like, oh, thank God for that. Oh. And she like slides down the doorframe, has a wee sit down for a minute, just sort of collecting herself, I guess. Yes. Is her back to the door that's got, what's it, Michael in? Yes. Yes, okay. She's She's in focus. He's yeah. at the back, out of yeah. focus. 
and then just in the background we see Michael just sit bolt upright yep. and slowly turn his head around to Laurie just like twist yes <sighs> it's completely silent until that happens and then you have a you have a dun 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 so he's obviously got cracked the synth out again yeah he's back yeah. at it and Put then set of batteries in it and Laurie stands up again he's got plenty of batteries and plenty of petrol this guy <laughs> Halloween nice <laughs> Michael, she stands up again and Michael in the background really just smoothly and inhumanly stands up, just folds, unfolds upright again. Mm. And now we've got the din, din, din. Now it's overlaid with the ding, 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 ding. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so clever. And then he starts walking towards her and you've got like a do, do, you know, an extra layer of... So they just build up the foreboding with the music, which is so class. It really works. And just as he's like within grabbing distance, she lurches away onto the landing. And then Michael just comes out behind her and starts choking her with two hands. Ooh. I know. He's, he's, he's pissed. Put, yeah, he's putting his full effort into this one. He, he doesn't look pissed, though. He just yeah. looks like this is... I just have to do this. It's like taking the bins out. That's his attitude to stabbing teenagers to death. It's just something you have to get done. Yes, okay. It's horrible. He's choking her and she is doing all this and she pulls his mask off. <gasps> and we see him. It's the sheriff. Ah, no. That's no, not really. And the big reveal, considering the, the error, is he's totally normal looking. He could be anybody. Yes. And do you know... And Radley what has been going on from 1974 until this year ted bundy has been at large ted bundy has been murdering uh, young women right and when he was arrested people were shocked to their core that this was a handsome young man mm. he was just a, a he was a republican for god's sake he was training to be a lawyer he was, he just seemed so normal. He had a fiance and, a, you know, a, she had a kid. People just couldn't believe it. The people who'd come before, like Ed Gein, people were like, well, he's weird. John Wayne Gacy dressed up as a clown. Matt, uh, Charles Manson looked weird, you know. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you had this guy who could have been your neighbor and he did it. And he escaped from prison twice. <laughs> so... It's just really clever that they made Michael Myers a, a basically a Ted Bundy. Like, he could be anybody. You would never pick this guy out of a crowd. Same as Ted. So I think context again, that's quite interesting that they did that. Because yeah. you'd expect the mask to come off and he'd be like, Bleh. and yeah. that's what they did with Jason. Jason was horribly deformed. You know, it's... it's and Darth Freddy, Vader. Darth Vader. Freddy, Freddy Krueger was all... Messed up. Burnt up. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a particularly nice touch. Mm. He pulls the mask back on, but Loomis has come in at this... I assumed he had to, like, stop strangling her for that. Yes. He's, he let go of her, so mm. she, she backs away from him as he's pulling the mask back on. Loomis has appeared, and he shoots Michael in the chest and sort of propels him backwards into the, into the room. And then Loomis, like, runs up the stairs, and he goes into the room, and you've just got the dark room 
the light coming from the window and the silhouette of Michael just standing perfectly still in the window and Loomis just empties his gun yeah, into yeah. him. And he goes, boom, 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 skish, blows him out the off window. The veranda. Off the veranda. Bash! And he's lying in a crumpled heap in the yard. And Laurie's crying at this point. She's sort of collapsed in the floor. And Mer. she's... Yeah. <laughs> me, 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 me. Any kind of firearm in an enclosed yeah. environment, you would do that, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was a twenty-two. like, it really no. pff, yeah. pushed him back. Laurie's just lying there and she says to Loomis, it was the boogeyman. Also, who the fuck are you? I don't think she cared. Somebody, it's probably an off-duty cop or something. Anyway, she says, it was the boogeyman. And he says, as a matter of fact, it was. He did like to boogie. <laughs> I like to boogie yeah. on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. He, they look out the window. Trick or treat. No. No. He's gone. He's gone. Michael's gone. And Laurie sobs a bit more. And Loomis looks dramatic. And then we just have shots panning further and further out. We were looking at the rooms of the house. Mm-hmm. And then we're looking at, at the, the house. At the house. Then and the then rock. the street. Yes. And, and as this is happening, the sound of Michael breathing just gets louder and louder and louder. He's as in you, space now? As you <laughs> in space, no one can hear you breathe heavily in a Michael Myers mask. Yes. And then credits. Where credits do you? Yeah. Credit is enormously due to John Carpenter. And he's not really credited as Michael Myers. He is credited as the shape in the credits. And I thought that was strange. And I googled it. And in Halloween 2, the shape is played by Dick Warlock. (laughs) He's a Dick Warlock. Isn't that really (laughs) insulting? Oh, man. At least people Richard. Oh, my God. Dick Warlock. And his wife. I'm not going to say the next bit. (laughs) (laughs) She's the Dick Warlock. (laughs) It's a kind of magic. Yeah. Ta-da! Halloween! Happy Halloween, David. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's on Netflix. They're all on Netflix now. All of them. Okay. Loads of them. Yeah. Maybe not the particularly shit ones. Okay. I've already watched Halloween too. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween's on. Oh, come on. You have to... Don't look at me like that. (laughs) Don't look at me. (laughs) It's not gory. It's not gratuitous. There's no story. There There is is no story. What do you mean there's no story? I just told you the story. It's like, okay, guy wants to kill teenagers, kills teenagers, gets shot, disappears. There's... What do you think? He's, is he evil? You know, that's the story. <laughs> but you don't, you don't need to watch it for that. You need to watch it for how cleverly it's filmed. Sure. Well, I can see that part, yes. You would like it for that because it's so beautifully shot and it's so clever the way they've done things and the mm. way they've lit things and and the, the, the steady cam. It's the second film to ever use it. It's amazing. What was the first film? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, okay. I'm using it for like, it's like a documentary film or something. Oh, okay, like okay, yeah. okay, sure. Mm. And then John Carpenter was like, hmm, Can I borrow that? For $300. $300,000, sorry. Well, more like... Or 250 I think it was like $70,000 or something. Oh, yeah. Like it was. yeah, I know. 
big chunk of the budget. Mm. Probably only rented. It's only an hour and a half, the film. Right, yeah. 90 minutes. That's 90 minutes of you going... That's almost 100. That's a shut up. <laughs> it's like Titanic, isn't it? 171 minutes. No, it's 274. 274 minutes, yeah. Yeah. You would enjoy the cinematography. And it's only an hour and a half. What else are you doing? Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> that just makes my life sound really bad. <laughs> I've yeah. watched it twice this week, so what does that Ooh. say about me? <laughs> and the sequel. I well, I mean, you too. were preparing and taking notes. Uh, yeah. Doesn't explain why I watched the second one, though. No. Her Bill Tra- Ben Tramer. He lived his life like a candle in the wind. <laughs> Ooh, burn. <laughs> oh, poor Ben. Why did you watch it?